0: our scripture reading this morning is from romans chapter 14 verse 19 romans 14 verse 19. paul declares so then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another I would also like to ex- extend my welcome to each and every one of you this morning, uh, especially any visitors we might have amongst you. Us, we're so very happy you've came our way, and it's also very good to see all the members that are here this morning. Uh, sometimes it's hard, it's hard to to make it, we get so uh, so many things going on, and and uh, travel this time of year, and everything. We got a really nice crowd this morning. It's good to see each one out. The lesson this morning. See if I can get this thing to work right here. Is actually on how to treat one another. The New Testament uses the phrase one another some 34 times. Now I will state up front that you know I've preached this lesson before. It's actually not my lesson. Titus Edwards is the out gave the outline for the lesson. But it's been like 15 years ago, I believe, since I actually preached. So Hopefully, I've grown some in that time and, and will be able to bring forth some new thoughts on things. I believe I have, and I hope I have. And hopefully, uh, I can help others to grow as well. That's, that's my, uh, my goal, or at least my hope. As I stated, the New Testament uses the phrase, one another, some 34 times. Many churches, it's my understanding, I don't know a whole lot about it, and I'll get to more of that here in a few minutes, but many churches are filled with contentions, fussing, and fighting. I said rumor kind of has that. I I wouldn't. No, I've not been to a whole lot of other churches, except for maybe when I'm traveling. Traveling, I've been a member here at Westside for uh, all, of my, all of my life, all of my Christian life, I should say, which has been over half my life now for over 30 years. Uh, during that time, I will state that I have witnessed a few squabbles put it nicely, a few squabbles, and then a few relatively heated discussions. And those things are are all well and good. They can be a little discouraging at times, but sometimes we have to hammer out, you know, to get to the truth, we have to hammer some things out. So nothing wrong with some good discussions, even if they become a little heated. But what we don't want to see is is division in the Lord's church, if at all possible. We must learn to get along if the work of the church is to progress. Hopefully, the things that uh, we discussed this morning, or I discussed with you this morning, will help us in this endeavor. Uh, Wednesday evening, I gave, gave a little talk For those of you that were here, you were well aware of that. And for those of you that won't, I made a statement. And I'd like to state it again for those of you who weren't here. I was not raised in the Lord's church. My parents were godless. So I am not naive to the ways of the world I know all about the ways of the world. I know about drinking, and I know about drugs, and I know about violence. I know about abuse. And I could go on and on. A little fact that maybe some of you don't know about me. Uh, My brother was stabbed to death by my cousin. In a fight over drugs. I'm not proud of that fact. I'm just stating it. So you know kind of where I came from. It wasn't always a pretty place. The reason I'm saying this is because I think that sometimes brethren that were raised or grew up in the church take their inheritance for granted and my encouragement to you is not to do that don't take it for granted the great deceiver he would have you to believe that the grass is greener on the other side that's not necessarily the case As a matter of fact it's probably absolutely not the case could see look at to the prodigal son and see that. Romans fourteen nineteen, therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace and things by which we may edify one another. Ephesians four twenty-nine. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification, that it might impart grace to the hearers. The word edify means to build up or to strengthen. When one enters the Lord's church, they do so humbly. At least, they should do so humbly. We're born again. And when you're first born, what do you know? Not a whole lot. You know that you need some food, you need some nourishment and you need to get uh, you know your diaper changed every now and then. but a, a babe needs nourishment to be strengthened, to grow. You know, like I said, I stated, I've been here for over 30 years now and I still need help to grow. I'm still growing. And so it's just not for babes to need to grow. I always need to measure what I say and do by how it might affect others. I need to think before speaking, and see, I didn't always know that. I was used to have kind of a run off at the mouth and say things I didn't really mean sometimes. But we need to think before we speak sometimes. Matter of fact, maybe all the time. You know, our God doesn't want pretend Christians. The world, the world now, the world is full of actors. People pretending to be something that they're not. You know, you've heard of this place called Hollywood. That's what all those people do there. They pretend to be something they're not. And some people put some faith in them. But God wants his people to be genuine. I had this friend. I, I knew this guy was a member of some church. And he was a painter. That was his, his uh, job. He was a painter by trade. And me and him probably wouldn't agree on a lot of things. For the longest time, when I talked to him, I, I thought maybe the paint had had a, adverse effect on him, because he would really hesitate before he would say something. But I come to learn that he was actually trying to put his faith into action. He was thinking before he was speaking. There's probably a lesson there for me somewhere. But he was thinking before he was speaking, and I was rather impressed by that. You know, brethren, instead of focusing on our problems, we should find ways that we can encourage one another. Instead of being a part of a problem, we need to become part of the solution. We can edify one another by... First of all, what we're doing this morning, we're worshiping together. All these acts of worship that we contributed to this morning, all these things make us stronger, and they make us stronger through the Word of God. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. These things build us up. Teaching. In Acts 20 and 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Ultimately, you know, it is God's word that builds us up, that makes us stronger. And I will state right now that, you know, we can always use good teachers in the Lord's church. If you can contribute in any way, shape or form to that activity... It is much appreciated. I know the elders and the deacons appreciate it. Showing appreciation is another way that we can we can edify one another. First Timothy two one says, "Therefore I exert first of." I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. I told you a little bit ago that I'd given a talk the other night. It was about, about appreciation, ultimately, or on gratitude. And I won't go into it entirely, but it was, it was, it was, uh, I felt like it was a fairly decent lesson. And guess what? When I was done, a lot of people expressed gratitude for my talk. I wonder if I got to them. That was great. It has to do with... Gratitude has to do with goodwill towards others. It has to do with thankfulness. I appreciate y'all being here this morning. It means a lot to me. It lifts me up. I know it lifts others up as well. It makes me stronger when I see my brethren are here. I am be better off as with your presence. I'm better off because of your presence. Gratitude is good for us. You know, at my age, at my age, I try not to take anything for granted. I don't know if I'm I'm going to be here tomorrow. But we shouldn't we shouldn't do that at any age, whatever our age is. You know, life owes you nothing. If anything, we owe life. Have you ever considered thanking the elders for their work? You know, they come in here sometimes hours before us, or at least an hour sometimes on Wednesdays or even maybe on the weekends, and they put their heads together and they try to come up with ways to edify the congregation. The deacons, they do extra duties above and beyond. And our teachers, do we thank them? Are we we appreciative of the things that they do? We should be, and I'm thankful for you, teachers. I, I teach occasionally. It's not something I'm particularly great at or good at, but I try. And I would encourage each and every one of you who is able to, to try if you get an opportunity, be active in the work. You know, the ungodly of the world, for the most part, they're not very thankful. We can see that, and then we talked about that in the lesson the other night, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 2. We won't look up that verse. But if you want to take note of it and look it up, the ungodly are unthankful. Same, same way with Romans 1 and verse 21. I'd encourage you to look those verses up. But don't take life for granted. I'm not saying that you do. But I would encourage you to be appreciative and to show appreciation You know, like I started this out, my life hasn't always been easy. Talk to me. Almost everybody in here has a story. Their life hasn't always been easy. Sometimes things can be very, very difficult. But I'm going to tell you a little secret. When life gets you down, and it does at times, life knocks us down. Start to count your blessings. You may find that you have much or many things to be grateful for. Brethren, I count you all as a blessing. And I know that all our spiritual blessings are in Christ. We need to be kind to one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 13.4, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not prate itself, is not puffed up. about anybody here. Position. You know, maybe sometimes this strikes home with me. Maybe I'm not always as warm and as friendly as I could be towards towards people. And I don't mean to be that way. I'm just a little bit shy sometimes. I'm a work in progress. But I have noticed it in the past in others, that they're kind of distant. And maybe that's the person we need to, to be kind to. I tend to be an introvert. I'm kind of funny that way. I'm kind of introverted. I like to be alone sometimes. I'm not really outgoing. Me and my wife are kind of opposites that way. I'm almost a hermit sometimes. I was making fun this morning. If that would that make me a an introvert or a or a hermvert? Don't 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 call me a hermvert, please. That doesn't mean that I can't be kind to people. You know, even even, even I could be kind to people. But I have to work at it, I really do. I have to try to be outgoing or to be warm and friendly towards people. And it's not that I don't love them or care. It's just That's just not my natural self. Kindness begins with the smile. Someone once stated, you're never fully dressed without a smile. And we've all known someone that had that kind of a smile. I had a friend when I was growing up long time ago. Grade school. And I nicknamed him Smiley because the kid the guy was always smiling. Sometimes I just wanted to wipe that smile off his face, but he was so happy and it was so genuine and it meant a lot, you know, to see that. Kindness is the quality of being friendly. It's being generous. It's being considerate. Okay, Libby, here's your part. We're all entitled to have a bad day, Libby, every now and then. Libby, Libby says, no, no. She doesn't want to look at you or talk to you. Says, no. A bad day should be the exception, not the rule. Practice kindness and you will get better at it. Kindness means never being rude or mean. Kindness leads us to do thoughtful things for other people, for others. You know what? The things I'm telling you, it's just not for in the church. It's for how we treat people on the outside. We want to bring them in here. We want to show them Christ. We want to be bring them, you know, show them what's right. We need to be kind to others as well. It leads us to do thoughtful things for others. Nice things. You know one thing that you can do that will help you to be kind? Listen. Listen to others. You know, some people like to talk and won't hardly let you get a word in edgewise. Listen to that person. They have something important to say. You might learn something. Try to learn something. Kindness is selfless, it's caring, it's compassionate, it's sympathetic. You know what compassion means? It means to suffer with. We can, we can be compassionate. We can suffer with one another. I must and willingly admit to witnessing some of the most amazing acts of kindness in the Lord's church. Brethren, keep up the good work, Brethren, Keep practicing those random acts of kindness. It means a lot. It means a lot to a lot of people. Hospitality. We need to use hospitality to one another. First Peter 4.9 states, Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Hospitality literally means the love of strangers. It involves giving a warm and friendly welcome. You know, nobody wants to be in a place that is not hospitable. Me and my wife recently went on a little vacation and we went over into Colorado and we went almost into the desert. We were right on the edge of the desert over there and at least it looked like desert. It was hot, it was kind of dirty and dusty and bugs and it wasn't a very hospitable place. My wife didn't even want to get out of the car. She said, uh, you, you go ahead, I'll, I'll wait here, okay. I wanted to go see some things, so I'd go look a little bit, but it wasn't a hospitable place and it didn't really make you want to be there a whole lot other than it was, had a different kind of beauty to it, I suppose. But don't judge a book by its cover. It's important for a church to be friendly to visitors. We should make everyone feel like they belong here, not just the visitors, the brethren too. They are welcome and they are wanted. It's equally important that brethren show hospitality to one another without grudging, without grumbling. We should not be reluctant or unwilling to show hospitality towards one another. That one says grumbling, but one of my other Bible home said without grudging. Our hospitality needs to be sincere. Hospitality helps to promote love and unity it helps to integrate new members it helps to encourage weak members etc you know we have some new young converts here we need to continue to 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 help build them up to encourage them as well and i would encourage them to you know, to learn from those who you see who are doing the things that you know are right and to mimic them as best as you can because they're doing the right thing. Sometimes we just need to get out of our comfort zones just a little bit to be hospitable. But she's incredible. If you've ever, which I've seen her, been out with her in public, and she can talk to a lot about anybody. I can't do that very well. But she's a bus driver. And she drives mostly special needs kids around on her bus. And I've been with her and we've ran into these kids in public, and you've never seen nothing like it. They squeal with joy when they see her face. It's so impressive. She makes them feel special. That's hospitality. We need to prefer one another. Romans 12, 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. In Philippians 2 and 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. You know, most people especially worldly people, they prefer themselves over everyone else. And people in the the church are guilty of this as well. They put their own wants, their own opinions, and their own feelings ahead of everyone else's. We call that selfishness. Pride, pride, And selfishness are contrary to the spirit of humility. God calls us to get over our selfishness. It really isn't about me. Christ didn't die for himself. He didn't live for himself either. You know, we've probably all known somebody who says it's my way or the highway. Some have this my way or else spirit. That's the same kind of spirit of Diotrephes who loveth to have the preeminence. And he's not preferring one over the other. Do we truly want to help each other obtain the prize? We need to... We need to prefer to one another. We must work together. You know, I've long since realized that I am just a tiny little speck on the face of the earth. And sometimes, at some time, we need to realize that life really isn't about me. It's not about us. I'm just a very small part of it. You know, I got a couple of grandchildren back there. And children are really guilty of this. They think the world revolves around them. Me, 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 me. Wah, I need a bottle. Wah, I need a diaper. Wah, I need a nap. It's all about me. I heard this coach one time say, you know, if children knew anything at all, they'd be adults. It's not a very fair statement, but some truth to it. If adults act this way, they're still children. Sometimes we need to put away childish things. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. We need to forgive one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Mark 11.26, But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Colossians 3.13, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another... Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. We often, we often, okay, maybe I can't speak for you. I often make mistakes, and I need forgiveness. Therefore, I should be understanding, and I should forgive others as well. On show of hands, who here has never been wrong and needed forgiveness? I don't see any hands. Okay, I'm always right. I used to tell my wife this. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. Now, we know that's not true, okay? I said it to her jokingly, you know, I think she thought I was serious sometimes. The truth is much different If I only knew half as much as I thought I did, this world would be a much better place. Brethren, we cannot hold grudges against one another. We can't have bitterness in our hearts towards one another. We can't be hating on each other. We can't have malice toward one another. These things are the cancer of the soul. Sometimes, I'm going to tell you something. This is something that I have to do and have done. We just need to go into the, into the bedroom or the bathroom or wherever your mirror is and look into that mirror and just be honest with yourself about things. The world, the world is full of people who blame everyone else for their problems. The world's full of those kind of people. It's everyone else's fault but mine. I would encourage you to take responsibility. Better yet, own responsibility. There's a statement made that forgiveness is the fragrance given off by the violet when crushed. Now, I'm quoting somebody because I don't know if I know what a violet smells like or if I can even smell it, but it must be pretty sweet. There may be times when the church needs to become involved concerning sin, but we really need to try and work things out on a personal level if at all possible extend the forgiveness that you would hope to receive. You might find out that you reap what you sow. Love one another. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In 1 John 4, 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You know, I've, too many churches, I've heard that too many churches split asunder with, fight, with, with fussing and fighting. I've actually witnessed people trying to divide the church. I saw no love in that. I've also witnessed brethren working with love through problems. And I was impressed by that. We must learn that we can disagree with one another without being disagreeable. You know, through, uh, through my married life, Deb and I have had a, a couple of knockdown, dragout drag-out fights. Just two. Well, maybe, maybe a few more than that. We've had a few good, good arguments, discussions. Every family has issues to deal with or to work through. Don't expect different with your brethren. But God's word is our authority. And we need to put God first in our life. We need to treat others with love, and with respect." In conclusion, all of these things will promote unity if we put them into action, if we practice these things. There's a song, some of the young people here might not remember it. It's called, I believe the title is, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. I'm going to read you a few of the lyrics before we close. Because this is the spirit we need to have towards one another. The road is long, with many a winding turn that leads us to who knows where. Well, we know where, but but I'm strong, strong enough to carry him. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. So on we go. His welfare is of my concern. No burden is he to bear. We'll get there, for I know... He would not encumber me. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. If I'm laden at all, I'm laden with sadness that everyone's heart isn't filled with gladness of love for one another. It's a long, long road from which there is no return. While we're on the way there, why not share? And the load doesn't weigh me down at all. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. He's my brother. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Those who heard the gospel in the first century, they were pricked in their hearts. What about you this morning? Has your heart been pricked? Is there a divide between you and your God? Do you need to make things right this very morning? If you feel the need, please come forward as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.